Why do salmon swim upstream despite the threat of the bear? Because laying down the foundation for the next generation is worth the risk. This is the Upstream Podcast hosted by me, Salmon Like the Fish, where guests share their pearls of wisdom that could have only been realized through the journey against the current of life. Your presence here and now is no mistake. Keep your ears and your heart open. There is something for you to gain. All right. So we are here uh, for a much anticipated, at least for me personally and the three or four people that are listening, uh, uh, season two of the Upstream Podcast. Um, you know, uh, did a lot of thinking to decide whether or not this is something I wanted to continue. And um, thank you for the good friends and family and others who have reached out and um, kind of gave encouragement that they've received something from listening to these podcasts. You know, as we're really trying to, you know, pass on some kind of wisdom within a conversation to the next generation, right? That's the idea. Uh, and it's good work. I think it's good work. Um, so thank you for being here if you're here. And I have a really special guest for episode one of season two to start it all out. Mm. Uh, he is uh, known as the, art, uh, the artist formerly known as Khalil. Yes. <laughs> Khalil, would it say your last name again for me? Malamug. Malamug. All right. So I've known Khalil since he was about 15 or 16. Uh, interestingly enough, we grew up in like a youth group of some sort. I was kind of like a older at the time, maybe like 16, 17, 18. Uh, and Khalil, I've always noticed him from the beginning, just had this natural ability to draw people to himself, was so very charismatic. And, uh, you know, over the years, o- over a decade and a half, we've lost touch. Um, but through social media, you know, social media has its positives, right? Yeah. You get to keep up with people and kind of see what they're doing in their life. So I haven't felt disconnected to you or from you, but uh, I've seen you grow. Uh, you now have a wife and two young daughters, right? Yeah. Uh, I've also seen your journey in building uh, your business, right? So clearly you're a barber by trade. Yeah. When did you become a barber? Um, we started a whole barber career around 14 years old. Um, you know, long story short, you know, um, I was in that, in that age where, you know, I started to care about what I looked like. So I always wanted to make sure that I had a proper haircut. And, um, you know, obviously from the influence of my likings, you know, and the influence of the cultures that I were into, um, hip hop, um, skate culture, um, and things of that nature, you know, um, I always wanted to tie in a look. Um, so hip hop was real big at the time. Um, you know, the Nas, the Nas haircuts Uh, were out. Um, and you would just see a lot of those, you would see a lot of those elements around my way from that time. So, you know, I was like, yo, who, who's going to cut my hair? Who do I get a haircut from? Um, and, uh, I, I would have, you know, older gentlemen cut my hair, but I was like, I think it's, I think it's time. I got to find somebody who who's with it, you yeah. know? And, um, I had a friend who told me about it and, um, you know, I found the first barbershop that I ever went to, which was mirror image barbershop. And I uh, was probably in like seventh grade. And then, um, ideally, uh, my mom was like, I'm not paying for haircuts anymore. <laughs> um, cause they're, they're getting expensive yeah. and you, you're getting haircuts every two weeks. And you know, it was like $15 at the time. <clears throat> And then I was like, all right, cool. Can you buy me clippers? And that's how I got a, I, I kind of tied into, um, to barbering. Wow. Yeah. So that's huge. I mean, to be starting a business and you own several businesses, you know, several, uh, barber shops, yeah. right? Yeah. I've seen you do such big things. And, and one thing that really, uh, attracted me to want to speak with you was just about, you know, kind of coming out of 2020 into 2021, which is when this podcast was birthed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just going back to your passion for barbering and, and where it started, you'd mentioned Nas. I actually got to see Nas live years ago. Wow. That was during uh, uh, when Stillmatic came out and the whole beef with Jay-Z and Nas. Yeah. 
I got to tell you, watching Nas do one mic was like a religious experience, man. Wow. Like he started it on the floor. Uh, all I see is one, you know, yeah. and, and, and as the song uh, hyped up, he would stand up. And then during the refrains, just put his hand there like Eminem um, eight wow. mile, on uh, eight mile. That's crazy. Yeah. So I know uh, 2020 was not uh, an easy year for many of us. Funny enough, I, I had misinterpreted something, you know, in, in social media. And then you gave me some clarification on it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen this. Uh, what really attracted me was this whole bad year trust idea. Yeah. I didn't un, I didn't realize there were two individual co-joined movements. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, I identify with really both, you know, <laughs> that uh, 2020 was a really bad year. It was. You know, but at the same time, you know, I think there are some of us you know, there are people that uh, come out of 2020 realizing something or finding something out about themselves or developing a craft or skill or starting a business or changing a job that they've hated, you know, and turn 2020 into like a, you know, a a, a year of enlightenment for themselves to be better and different, you know, for, yeah. in the future. And then uh, in talking with you yesterday, uh, we spoke about the idea of trust. Yeah. And I was so hyped up from the idea. So I just want you to kind of go into what that means for you. So, you know, trust, trust started off as a... Um Trust started off as trust and sharp. So ideally, a lot of people even ask, what is trust and sharp? And so like the money, um, it reads, in God we trust. So they, they, they have put that line on, on a piece of paper on money, you know, because people trust that piece of money, right? They trust the fact that it will pay for things. They trust the fact that, but it's weird, right? They, they put like God in front of it. And that's how heavy money is. You know, so I wanted to be just as heavy. So I would promote myself in that light, trust and sharp. You know, I'm doing your haircut, trust and sharp. Um, and then there's a lot of things that correlated behind it as well. You know, I think it correlated my discipline um, as a younger man growing into a younger adult um, and my consistencies. Um, so long story short, coming from that realm from 2013 and what I am today, 2020, 2021, I simplified it as trust because I believe nowadays I get to give pieces of trust. And then I also understand it more so in a light from my past experiences. Um, and, and, and more so trust could be taken advantage of. It could be very addictive. Um, you giving away trust, people could take advantage of. Addictive, you mean uh, for yourself or for the other person? Both. Well, explain that for me for you. Like, you know, what does that mean for you? So it's like you might feel good giving away your trust, mm -hmm. you know, and then you you think you're helping someone out, but really they're they're taking from you, yeah. you know. Um, and even more so, being able to kind of take understand trust, you know, you got it's got to be limited to some sort of some sort of point. That's why I feel like even with the whole mantra of trust. And the whole entire branding of what's currently going on with trust. I'm trying to enlighten it in a way where people can just understand it. They can take the word and exemplify it however they want to exemplify it. But for me, trust ultimately, right? So the acronyms is Tried Resilience Under Stress Time. Tried Resilience Under Stress and Time? Under Stress Time. Under Stress Time. Tried Resilience Under Stress Time. Uh -huh. T-R-U-S-T. Yeah. So it's just been my whole entire lifespan of what has happened to me and ideally when it really falls down to it i just look upon myself to ultimately get the help that i need and then i start searching for the sources of people that i trust to find that information and and really see what i need to hear
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think trust is great. I mean, think I, you know, I offer, I offer that out to people now alongside with my events, my, my businesses, and even with myself. So I feel like that's who I am today. Um, I trust myself. I trust my family. And I think because I've taken trust and limitations to pass out to others, and I only deeply have that rooted for my family, you know, that's what I kind of want to promote. Hmm. I imagine that trust is something, trust in yourself is something you had to build, you know? Yeah. So uh, I know you're a hardworking man uh, across the board in sport and fitness. I know you you also do MMA, you box. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, there was one video you posted a couple of weeks ago and you were just doing drills. I have no idea what you're doing, but then you went into explaining it and, and how you mixed in uh, different styles into your boxing. And I'm like, I could really nerd out on this, but I know I'm not going to do it because I'm not disciplined enough to learn something new now. Like I have other things I want to learn, you know? Yeah. And although as, as much as I love um, the idea of wanting to box, I mean, that's, that's a discipline. That's like years and years of learning. It's not something you could just dabble in. Right. Yeah. And the weirdest thing about like, you know, mixed martial arts, boxing, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu. I love this sport. I, I, I hate to even call myself a practitioner because I feel like I don't even deserve that title. Yeah. You know, um, more so than a practitioner of that actual sport or that, you know, that art per se. Yeah. I I really feel like I'm a fan, mm-hmm. you know, um, the de- like the dedication and the, um, you know, the discipline, the sacrifice, um, I'm influenced by all those elements that are pursued in action from that, from, from the combat sports. Mm. Um, you can take a kid and mold him from like three years old and he doesn't see the light until like 25. Yeah. I mean, it it takes a very long time to even get to that point and say, do I want to continue to keep doing this? Before they even get to that point of 25 years old, they're like 200, 250 fights, 300 fights deep. There's a part in their life that's like 10 years old to like, 18 years old where they're fighting almost every other weekend you know they might fight two three times a month you know like you can't teach that you know what i'm saying that's got to be in here that's got to be in here like and that's kind of what again that goes back to that whole mantra of trusting you know you're trusting your trainer you're trusting yourself you know mike tyson was mike tyson was a kid from the block who was not favorable to to win at all you know, but someone saw something in him and then someone talked to him every single day. You know, his coach went in his room, customado, took him into his home, right? Took him to his home, adopted him, and then went in his room every single day right before he bed and goes, you will be the youngest champion in the world. You will be the world heavyweight champion. And Mike Tyson is like, how? Hmm. What are you talking about? You know? And then once that f- he flipped a switch to trust whoever is around him you know he was at he was a champion at 19 you know yeah i remember getting those pay-per-view fights like man 45 seconds i paid all this money 50 dollars. this is back in the 90s right or even the late 80s so i mean where do you think discipline and trust was cultivated for yourself was that through uh cutting hair my dad and yeah tell me about your dad man i'm I'm curious because i i see you showing love to your dad and and respect and honor towards him, you know, on a fairly regular basis. But I know I don't know anything about your dad. My dad, him. my mom. Um, 
damn, dude, like, <laughs> it's it's every Filipino story, <laughs> right? It's 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 the story where you know the family comes in, they're immigrants, they don't know no English, and they come to America and make a life out of themselves. Um, the the <clears throat> um the hardest part about what I saw in my <clears throat> the craziest thing about seeing my mom and my um my mom has a story and my father has a story. My father came here when he was eighteen years old, fresh fresh right off the um the plane. Mm-hmm. He went to the Navy and dedicated his uh, ten years to himself. Um, my mother was going to school. My dad was in the Navy. And my mom, my dad was sending money back. Mm. So your parents were married in the Philippines? <laughs> no, they came, or they weren't married at all. Oh, they got, oh, he was sending back money to his family. He was sending back money to my mom. Oh, uh, while he was in the Navy. While he was in the Navy. I see. Yeah. Um, sending money back to my mom, and you know, hey, listen. When everything's okay, when I get the approval that you guys can come out here, I'm going to get you guys out here, and then I'm going to get your parents out here. Uh-huh. Um, so he did just that. Um, what was so impressive was you take a guy from the Philippines in, in, a, in a farmland where like nothing, nothing is available to you, yeah. not even a source of, not, just nothing. But to be able to come to America, learn English, and then serve 10 years in America... And then learn culture, cause the dude is fly, man. He's cool. I seen. He's I seen. so he's so dope. I'm kind of jealous. I'm kind of yeah, jealous. He's, yeah, dude. Like, and I'm not. I'm not even talking because he's my pops, but the dude knows everything. And you can imagine, like, from name it, he did it. From you know the cars to uh, art, photography. Um, home theaters and stereo goods like he knows everything mm. music like the dude is a music it's culture he's just cultured you know and like what makes me so impressed about my father is he taught that to me you know what I mean and in the backlight my mom my grandfather who was in the Philippines only had one scholarship left so at the time my mom was probably uh, about to get to her teens and he had a job and he was climbing coconut trees for money. And he would climb those coconut trees up, up and down every day. And you're talking about like real high coconut trees, right? He looked, one, he looked down one day, you know, he looked down real far. He goes, well, if I keep doing this job, I'm definitely going to die one day. Mm. So he goes home one day he goes, I'm going to serve in the Philippines Army. So he served in the Philippines Army. I forgot how long he served for. And then he served the time that he needed to serve. And he had an available scholarship for one, one child to go to school. Out of all the kids he has, he picked my mom. Wow. He picked my mom. He goes, you're going to be the reason why I'm going to get out of America. You know, I, I love it how like one person in the family becomes the chain breaker for the rest of the family. Chain breaker. You know, like your your dad, your grandfather, right? Uh, yeah. Having that moment of enlightenment. And for what? I mean, he could have been doing the same thing day in, day out. Like, you know, I, I've seen this in careers. How many people talk about how miserable they are at their job? And you mm. tell them, quit. Like, oh, I don't know. Uh, what else am I going to do? I don't know. But you seem very unhappy here. So freaking go. Yeah. Every job I've ever quit 
70% of the people at, at that particular job were like, I wish I could leave too. I'm like, yo, <laughs> go, you're not a tree, leave. Yeah. You know, get it? You're not a tree, leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dad jokes. Yeah. Uh, but it's amazing. I wonder like what that moment of inspiration was. Was that like just, I wonder, I wish we could that, get into your. Like for my, for my grandfather, it was death. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's black and white. You know, I think that's where I come from too. Because like, and in that moment, right? Like after that, my mom would tell me stories like I ate eggs and potatoes and rice. Eggs were cheap. Potatoes were cheap. Rice was damn near free. Mm. And that's every day. It's 365 days in a year. Yeah. You might have one or two good meals during the year. And but for some people in the Philippines, that's a good meal. That's you know, a good that, meal. That's like a quality that, meal. That's a, that's a quality meal. Yeah. Um, and, and my mom just ran through it. She, mm. she bit down and she ran through it. And then, you know, you see my mom today, same thing, no English, comes to America and now she's like, she's director of nursing or like hospitals, director mm -hmm. of nursing, like nursing homes. And I look at this whole entire situation and I'm like, you give me everything in my life and I live here now in America. I live in a great home in a suburban area. Well, how am I supposed to even compete with this? Because mm. I already have everything that you have given me, right? Yeah. But I always clearly remember like, Especially for my mom. It's, it's crazy it sounds, as much as I talk about my dad, my, my dad was a drill sergeant, but my mom was the one who, who refined that, that discipline. In the home. In the home. She said, she'll tell you clearly, things are never going to be easy. Things will never go your way. This is, this is exactly how it's going to be for the rest of your life. Mm. And if you get bothered, you get, you get altered, you get shaken by, every, by the whole entire situation, this life that you're going to live and, and you, you stand to go ahead and just live in that and you get shaken, you shake it off or if you can shake it off and then attend to it. It's your choice, whatever you want to do. But you have two options. You can shake it off and then just live regular. You can take it and confront it and that problem will get solved. Now for you, I, I think one of the biggest problems that a lot of young people face is like, what do I do when I grow up, you know? You know, some kids are lucky enough that their parents implant them like what they need to do when they grow up, be it go to med school, be a lawyer, be sure. a nurse, you know, Filipinos, be a nurse, right? Sure. I'm a product of that. My mom drilled it so much in my head. I was in a marketing class and I, all I kept hearing was from my mom, you're never going to be able to support a family. How are you going to buy a home? You know, all this kind of stuff. So I, I went that way. Luckily, it turned out okay for me. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, for you, like, did you have a tough time kind of deciding like this is what I want to do and, and questioning it or just did you just go full in once you realized you had a skill? Listen, you know, from the very start of my whole entire life, I was a, I was a hustler. I, was a, I, was a, I sold something and I started at a very young age. Even just saving money, I learned very, very early how to save money. Was that through your parents? Or through like, my mom. I like that. Good. My mom gave me a choice. She says, I can pack your lunch. And I'll save the dollar twenty-five that you can save. A dollar twenty-five came in. I'll show you, man. I gotta show you, cause you have it in your wallet. <laughs> so this this is how it came, right? So let's just say this is a dollar. This is obviously five dollars, right? So she would take the money and then she would like wrap it up in this like little origami piece. She would give me like this. Yeah. And she was like, "You don't lose this. This is your lunch money for the day." Right? I can hear that in the Filipino mom yeah. accent. For yeah. You. You know, don't lose this. This is this is yours, right? Yeah. But I can give you this, this bag lunch, right? Or I can give you this and we can save this. So she would give me, she would show me a physical cup, like a glass cup. Uh -huh. 
and we'll take this glass cup and I'll fill this with money. And she was like, you could see this grow or you can just, you can have lunch. It's fine. It's up to you. And she was okay with you choosing either. She was okay with choosing either. Have you heard of the marshmallow experiment? Yes. That with the kids? Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. give them one marshmallow. You tell them if you could wait 15 minutes, you'll get a second marshmallow. Sure. But if you eat this one, that's all you get. Yeah. And a lot of kids, they could not wait for that 15 minute period. They would eat the marshmallow. Right away. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a extended uh, marshmallow experiment. It, it, it was, it, dude, and it was the craziest thing, right? So that was the choice. And then I would like, like a month later. Here I am, third grade. I got forty bucks. That's but a like, lot of it's money. Like this though. third grade, yeah, like dollar, yeah, yeah. So you got stacks. You, and, and and then I would go to school and be like, you know, like buying lunch today. You know? <laughs> it's like yeah, making it rain. I'm buying lunch today. Today's not PB gun? and J, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and and that was my that was my first that was my entryway of knowing what it feels like to have money, mm-hmm. and that felt secure to me. Maybe yeah. at the time I didn't feel that security, but it felt good. Yeah. It felt good to know that I have money. Yeah. And then maybe as like a six or seven, eight year old, here I am buying CDs. You know, I'm buying wow. CD players. Were you allowed to get the parental advisory ones? Did your, did your parents? No, but I always snuck around and got, you know, it was 96 when, 96, 97 when 36 oh. Chambers came out. Oh, wow. And that was super raw. But like yeah, I, yeah, I bought yeah. that like. You had to hide it. In your yeah, head. I had to hide that, and it was at a hard, it was a hard time because you had to you had to go up and be like, yo, you a parent had to buy it. Yeah. So like, I had an older cousin that would buy that yeah. stuff for me. It was like buying a pack of cigarettes. For yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, that started off like that, and then you know I went into sixth grade. I bought a pack of I would see kids like eating pixie sticks, and I'm like looking around like oh, you know, I'm buying pixie sticks. Like, what is this, right? So. I was like, cool, I'm just going to go to the dollar store and buy Pixie Sticks. There was 50 Pixie Sticks in a bag. A bag is a dollar. Wow. I sold five for a dollar. Wow. So that bag, obviously, you make money off that bag. You were slinging dust. I was slinging, <laughs> I was slinging, slinging <laughs> little dust. And then, you know, <laughs> that turned into, I, I sold that bag of Pixie Sticks. That turned into Costco. Uh-huh. So here I am, I multiply all my money off of Pixie Sticks. So you re-up at Costco? And then I change my candy to Costco. And wow. this is about like, this is like about eighth grade now. Yeah. Like eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th grade. And that time, d- during the time, and I always, I was like strategic too. I was like, oh, uh, what was the testing back in the day that we used to have? Like, that was like the testing week for like, 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 um, I forgot what it was called. But you know, it was, like, it was like the national testing for like schools. I don't recall. So... And I remember there was no lunch at that time. So I would sell the candy during testing times. Wow. So when people are fiending. <laughs> when they're hungry, <laughs> I was I was the guy that provided it. So it was $12 a box. There was 24 pieces. I sold them for a dollar. Wow. So here I am, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, now going to Costco, and I'm buying $24, uh, $12 boxes of candy for 24 pieces, and then I multiply it by double. I have $24 per box, so I have a $12 gain. You were a, just a natural-born entrepreneur. That's It was just in my head. That's yeah. all I knew. The yeah. only thing that I wanted to... I didn't ever understand it in that light, but I only understood that if I sell this, I'll touch money. Yeah, That's all I understood. Yeah, And later in time, that's when I started to realize, you know, what can I possibly do to actually make my life happen? And that, like, the correlation between selling candy and... It turned into selling sneakers and clothes. And then it turned into like 
that's when I got into cutting hair at 14. Mm-hmm. I said, well, if I cut, you know, X amount of people per day, you know, I can make X amount of money. And that's when that whole entire multiplication level kind of like kicked off. But then like, you know, that disciplinary action and that action to go. Yeah. My mom, that consistency and that hard work and that dedication, my dad. Mm. Both of that was instilled to me in my whole entire life from a very young age. Even when I was, so I was playing tennis before and I hated tennis. I hated tennis because of my father. Why? Because we were out there at 6 a.m. So all this early morning stuff that you see that I do. That's, that's, that's not new. I do that since I was 10. Mm, and you, it's not because you enjoy it. Because my dad made me. Yeah. But I knew that there was success behind that. Yeah. I knew that there was, there was some sort of discipline behind what he was doing. Yeah. Maybe I didn't like it at the time, but I do believe that that like me doing this now, I get, I have a whole advantage to the world before everybody wakes up. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you know, know what I mean? When I would post, uh, you know, I do, uh, I, you, People are not here, so they can't see the space. But, you know, when this space, when I created this workout space downstairs where we're chatting now, uh, I would post. I'd be working out at 445 in the morning, 5 yeah. o'clock in the morning. They're like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'd go to work, and uh, and people would say, what were you doing up this early in the morning? Why do you work out, you know? <laughs> and I'm, I work out, it's more for my head, you know? You get a start on your day. The hardest part of your day is already done, right? So anything else you do in the day is butter. Anything that, you know, comes your way, you've already suffered, right? Mm-hmm. First thing in the morning. Yeah. So I bet that, you know, even though it, uh, all discipline is considered, you know, uh, drudgery in the beginning, but then it breeds a fruit, yeah. right? So unintended, like you had no idea it was going to come to this where now like there's something about you that yearns to work out in the morning to get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, your parents really, yeah, I, I'm inspired by your parents. I think I should meet with them next time too so I can get some tips for raising these kids. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, and it's the weirdest thing, you know, like, I see a lot of myself coming out of my own, my, I see a lot of me, my parents coming out of me today. And I see a lot of leniency starting to happen for my children. I'm like, dude, my, this is, our home was not that easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I see, you know, obviously it's their grandchildren and stuff like that. And, you know, and I get it, but my mom was like, you can't yell at a three-year-old. And I'm like, yeah, well, if I, if she keeps doing what she's doing, there's no disciplinary action. Yeah. She's going to, Keep doing what she does. Right. And I'm like, I remember you yelling at me when I'm like four or five, you know? Well, you know, the grandparents, they're soft. You it's, know? Like, it's, it's a lot listen, different. My, my mom, she used to whoop my ass. Yeah. You know, I don't care what anybody says about, you know, uh, I should be careful with my words because this goes somewhere on the cloud, right? But, uh, you know, I got whoopings. Yeah. If I didn't get those whoopings, I wouldn't be... Disciplinary yeah, action, man. Yeah, this disciplinary. Yeah, it's very, di- today is very different. But, uh, yeah, sometimes when I'm talking to my kids, I'm like, no, you're not going to do this. Like, oh, just be easy. I'm like, well... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. wish my mom could see the mom that she was when I was that age. Sure, you know what me I mean? Too. But but they're soft. Now they get to the grandparents, they don't have to do the discipline. They can yeah. they can let them watch Plus they TV. give them back. Yeah, that's it. They, they don't have to deal with the bad behaviors, you know? You know, and that's the craziest part is they give them, they give them back yeah, and then like they let them do whatever they want oh like while God. they're with them and yeah. then they were like, well, grandma let me do this and I'm like, well, I'm not grandma. <laughs> it's like someone borrows your car, brings it back with no gas and four <laughs> yeah. flat tires. That's you it. know, it's just like, come on, man. You <laughs> yeah. couldn't at least fill the tank, you know, could put on one spare tire. So it sounds like from an early age, just similar to the uh, Mike Tyson story with his trainer and the person who adopted him, you were able to trust your parents from the beginning. 100%. That's it. I mean, ideally, that was kind of like your only choice. Yeah. Um, that's all I kind of really knew. The gospel. And that's it. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I ran with it. And, you know, it ultimately made me into this person. Yeah. Um, 
And one thing that I can say is that I'm happy with the person that they've created. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is a gift to feel that way. You know, yeah. to feel like you're happy with the person who's, you know, who you are today. Because yeah. A lot of people are still struggling with that or don't realize they're unhappy with themselves and have no awareness as to what they need to change. Yeah. You know? People aren't doing enough self-reflection. And I, and I know for you, like you did that in 2020. Yeah, right? I did. Um, and you had mentioned to me uh, in conversation, and you know, if it's, you know, let me know if it's not on the table to talk, but I mentioned, yeah. you had mentioned you had even gone into therapy. Yeah. And for you, like, what was that like to go through that process? Man, um, 2020 was rough. Um, you know, March 12th was, uh, March 12th was the light. It was like a, a light that flicked its switch. We were supposed to see one of the busiest years of business. And then, you know, a week before that, me and my business partner were talking about, you know, all the growth and all the potential growth. That this is for the barbershop? Yeah, these are for shops. the barbershop. Yeah, shops. Multiple. How many year? I have three. I have one in Metuchen, one in Westfield, and one in Milburn. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Continue. continue. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm super psyched about it because even my, my buddy, uh, Sean, uh, him and my friend, uh, my friend Eddie, they own a shop called Ego Trip. Okay. Over, I think it's in Totowa. Yeah. I go there once in a while if I grow up my beard too long and I just want to, I love the relationship with the barber, man. You sit back and then they talk, you know, it's like therapy in itself. You know, it's a very personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you to have three shops, how old are you now? 30? 36. 36. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Continue. Um, so yeah, where did I leave off? You were, uh, you and your business partner were talking about big things for yeah, 2020. Yeah, so 2020, you know, you know, it was, it's the craziest thing because, you know, at the time, you know, I wasn't really thinking much of COVID. If anything, I was probably making fun of it. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I, I was like, this is not real. You know, I'm coming from a background where like I'm rolling jujitsu every day. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't feel like, I'm like, bro, I touch people all the time. Pause. I, um, <laughs> I haven't heard pause yeah, yeah. since the 90s. Um, wow. And, uh, but, you know, I, I roll around with, with all my, my jujitsu practitioners, my, my jujitsu partners. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way that like I'm going to get sick. Yeah. And then um, the worst happened. State of emergency. Everything closed. The airport closed. The NBA season closed. Like once the NBA season closed, we were like, well, I, I was like, wait, something's really wrong here. Yeah. I was like, maybe we should close our shop. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> that smart, was kind of like the call. Smart, like, smart. Yo, man, like the NBA season closed. The NFL, the NFL closed. Yeah, like, you know, prob- maybe it's a yeah, good idea. Maybe it's a good idea. We should close our shop. And, yeah. you know, November 12th turned into, you know, we just don't know when we're going to open to you are closed indefinitely. Wow. And that was hey, March 12th, March 12th. Yeah. Sorry. Uh-huh. March 12th of 2020. Yeah. And I was like, well, what do we do? You know, we went from drilling like work all the time to like, you don't got no work no more. You don't have no job. And here I am a two and a half year, you know, house owner beautiful house by the way thank you yeah i love the yeah, house. yeah yeah um we'll talk about that too it's yeah. a dream house yeah I mean. um hey you go from like you go from like full throttle to like stop mm-hmm. you, you and you can't do nothing about it and it just put me in like you know first i was like all right it's cool man then a month later you're like well what are we going to do? You know, I'm talking to my accountants and I'm doing everything else that I need to do to kind of settle everything out. Doing the uh, PPP uh, and all that. Everything. Yeah. Anything and everything you can imagine. You know, we're listening to the news. Are there any things, are, are there, 
are we getting grants? Are we getting, you know, anything? And as a business owner, it's not, you know, uh, I admire the business owner because it's not just you, you're covering, you also have people that you're taking care of and you want to feed. You got people under you that you want to make sure that their families are fed, right? So you don't have just the weight of your own family, your mortgage, you know, and, and, and your business, but also your people, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, that turned into March 12th to June 6th. And that middle period of, I, I left social media platforms. A lot of, a lot of um, violence was happening through social media platforms during that time. A lot of, um, you know, black crimes that were happening against black African-American people. I'm very influenced by black and African-American culture. Like, it might be half the reason why I am who I am today. Mm. I think there's a special bond between the African-American community and the Philippine community. 100%. 100%. For sure. We're like best friends. Yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? That's like, yeah. that's the real ebony and ivory, bro. I got, I got a lot <laughs> of half Filipino, half black cousins. Yeah. No, I, I, I think... And that's a whole nother story in itself. But like I grew up, like there's a point in time 100% of my friends were black. Mm. You know what I mean? And I learned a lot from 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 African-American culture, like 100%. Mm. And it, I just couldn't be on it no more. I just couldn't be on social media platforms. You know, there was all this stuff that was happening, especially like, you know, I hate, I hate it, man. The George Floyd thing, right? Like all that stuff. Yeah. And then the Asian hate started yeah. happening. And I'm like, listen, I'm coming off of this stuff. Yeah. It's poisonous, toxic. And the, toxic. And, and what the, you know, all these things are happening, but then also the media uh, continues to fuel it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and it, and the, it's, it's like so. The media will find ways. So my boy, he was going through some things and he was like, hey, Lil, man, I, I feel you, you know? And he was like, I've been dealing with this for a long time. And he was like, I'm here by your side. He's like, you know what the worst part about this whole entire situation is? Is that more people would source to find something bad instead of sourcing to find something beautiful. 100%. And when he sent that message to me, I almost felt guilty because I was on the other side of the spectrum to defend it. But I was also more doing it in a way where I was just like, I want to partake in like the violence part of it. Yeah. And he was like, let's just, Leo, he was like, let's leave all that stuff alone and let's like, turn it off right and this is what i mentioned to you uh yesterday when we had our brief conversation prior to i mean like i mean to repay violence with violence it doesn't do any good it doesn't right? do so any good that's why when you have two people like this having a conversation and try to impart something to this generation like that's a much better thing than you know hurting somebody for the sake of uh, a crime that's been done right? i mean it it, it it goes nowhere yeah it, it just stays right there someone yeah. and then like ultimately someone suffers yeah where, and then where's the win in that? Yeah. You know? But what if we were able to kind of like figure it out? What if we were able to kind of like come together or, or talk about it or, or whatever? It sounds crazy. It sounds soft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, you know, like I always saw it like back in the day, like I used to fist fight with like my closest friends. We shake hands and be all good. But you can't do that kind of stuff no more. No. Like it just doesn't work like that. So like even with me, I was just like, you know, in that time... I had to get away because I knew that my attitude wasn't the right attitude for what was going on. Mm -hmm. I had to change myself. Mm -hmm. And it was at a time where I was having a lot of discrepancy in understanding what was happening because of COVID, because of all the things that are surrounded by this whole entire element. So I disappeared off of social media and I really cleansed my head. Mm -hmm. um, 
I played a lot of, uh, I read a lot of books. I played a lot of softer music. I think I even stayed away from like a lot of the hardcore rap that I, I, I you know, that I'm really, really into because it motivates me yeah. to work out. Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I do believe like you are what you see, you are what you hear. A hundred percent. It's like, uh, you know, if you're eating Doritos all day and drinking Mountain Dew, you know, yeah, versus eating kale and drinking water. I mean, just two simple things. I, I'm with you on the music thing. You know, uh, you know me from playing music, you know, through our youth group and things like that. I had a friend who challenged me from it. He was from a different uh, organization, but he had challenged me to not listen to any secular music and see what happened. So I, I sold all my, all my, you know, I was really big into hip hop, but I was also big into rock alternative and punk rock and stuff. I, I took all like my 150 CDs, went down to Princeton, uh, yeah. the record shop over there. By the way, it's one of the best record shops great. in New yeah. Jersey. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I, I went there to see how much they would give me for my CDs. They gave me a dollar per CD. And at the time I was like, you know what? This guy's saying this thing uh, that it's going to help my mindset. Let me try this. So I got rid of it, tried to listen to more positive, uplifting music and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, my mind changed. Like at the time I was really into emo music, especially, yeah. you know, like the dashboard yeah. confessional, all the sad songs about ex-girlfriends, you know, and even hip hop. I've been to hip hop concerts, rock concerts, uh, Christian concerts, all the, you know, all the above. And there's a different spirit in every concert, right? Sure. Uh, you go to a hip hop concert. There's someone gonna, someone's gonna be humping on someone, and someone smoking weed. No offense. That's yeah. just what it is. You go to a rock concert. People are gonna be moshing and punching you for no reason, and then picking you up off the floor so you can do it again. Sure. It's just what it is, you know. Yeah. Um. So I definitely feel you on the whole spirit of things. So you found that that, um, uh, toning down even music. I had to um, take myself out of every element that I was into. Yeah. I think even me myself, like, like I was listening to like a lot of Goggins. Like a lot of ah, like, love goggles. yeah, you know, like even like yeah. a lot of hardcore talkers, yeah, like a lot yeah, of hardcore yeah. motivation, yeah. Uh, speak motivational speakers, yeah. But I had to turn that off too. Really, even Goggins, even Goggins, yeah. You know, Goggins, you know, when, uh, it's so intense, right? It's intense. You gotta turn that motherfucker off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, whoa! I just want to be serene for a yeah. moment, man. I just um, want to enjoy the moment. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think what I took from them is I would take their consistencies yes, and I would take their habits of being able to really dig deep in your mind. Yeah. It was always in my mind, but I had to turn it off. Yeah. And the only thing that I was listening to was like lo-fi music. Yeah, lo-fi beats are, That's are it. great. Yeah, because it just kind of keeps your mind in like this wavy space. Right. Thoughts come and go. Really good for mindfulness, right? That's it. And a lot of acoustics, a lot of like, and just wind noise and yeah. water noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then I got into yoga. Then I got I into. I can't picture. Can you do bird pose just for the video? No. Bird pose? I don't even know what. <laughs> Tree that is. pose. Yeah, I mean, uh, dude, I mean, it was. It's hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, I, I started doing a lot of yoga, but, and then I started doing some meditation. Yeah. Um, was this on suggestion of the therapist that you saw, or just I kind just, of intuitively? I just needed to do it. Yeah. Um, and then I would hear like I would see like reviews, like I would watch YouTube reviews. Yeah. And then you would see like some people talk, like talk, and they would be like. You know, close your eyes, dig deep in your head, and let go of everything that you need to let go. And and I did like my first couple of sessions. I'm like, bro, oh, this is this does not work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what am I doing? You yeah, know? Yeah. And I think it was one session where I really just like I just let go of everything, and then yeah. I like I opened my eyes, but I felt like I slept. Yeah. But I was awake the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You got into that transient state. Yeah. And I was like, dude. Yeah. Maybe I should do this more. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um. You know, and I'm not a I'm not a avid practitioner, but I'm a practitioner. When You're a I, fan. I, I'm, I definitely, <laughs> definitely I'm a definitely a fan. But it, it's it's in my whole new mode. Yeah. And I think in 2020, 
going back to everything that we went back to from the pause of business, from all the happenings, all the violence, all the hate, all the crimes, and everything that you can kind of see within 2020, I found myself. And I don't even know what that really means, but being able to find myself was being able to give a better version of me to my hu- to my my wife as a husband, me as a father to my children, and me as a boss to my my workplace. Mm-hmm. And I was able to offer somebody a little bit more understanding. And I think even with that, I think I became more intuitive with how my brain works. Mm-hmm. So even before something had actually happened that I didn't like, I was able to digest it and then be able to break it out and break it down. Mm. So like a Khalil 2.0. That's it. You know, I think for you, like, in, 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 correct, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong or anything, but it sounds like there was a version within you, you know, that you had to kind of trust to do these things. Listen, Khalil, you, uh, pause, but you were one of the hardest dudes I know, <laughs> like just personality wise, you know, uh, and what you do, uh, the way you train, the way you do business, just like a solid dude. And I find that um, some people who are like that, which is not you at this point, um, are just confident in themselves and don't need to change anything. Sure. They're comfortable with what they are and, and F you if you don't like it. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is me. Bah, bah, yeah, bah, I, don't, bah. I don't care. Yeah. yeah, but for you to like do things like yoga, people think that's soft. Like yeah, yeah, try no. doing yoga. Try doing a hot yoga yeah, class. No, try, try, yeah. I, honestly, to tell you the truth, like, yo, look. It's hard. Try to do yoga. Yeah. No, I, I've I've done it. Yeah. I, I've um. I, or even try to yeah. sit. Try to sit down and try to meditate. Yeah. Do it for like, ten. Try to sit down. Try for to 10 sit minutes. down and try to do yeah. nothing. Yeah. It's it's very hard. It's a skill. Kind of like working out. You know, if someone's gonna start working out, it's miserable. They don't see the point in it. But then, some point in time, you get that like mental itch. Like this sure. is good for me. Yeah. And it sounds like that eventually happened for you with like mindfulness and yeah. and yoga and things like that. Yeah. Um. Now, when you were when you were with this therapist, like what? what prompted you to see a therapist and what kind of things did you attack? So it was the craziest thing was, is that, you know, I had a lot of like, I had a lot of past history issues, you know, a lot of things that had happened to me in the past that I could never let go of. Mm -hmm. And that just carried on even with my own personal attitude, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly where that came from. You know, that personality me being hard, like face down, eyebrows down. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Don't, don't, you're not, whatever you're going to say is not going to matter to me. I'm not even going to consider it. Yeah. You know, um, and I just wore that on myself. So that attitude, even during 2020, during the time of closing, and then, you know, all the things that were currently happening to me personally, you know, I was just kind of mad at the world. And I remember just even having my first session and my, my counselor talking, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I cannot believe I'm in this shit right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I'm listening to this lady talk and she's like, you know, and she could see that she was like, I don't even know if we're going to be able to get through this person. Wow. You know, that's like one of those movie moments. That's it. (laughs) You know, like, like, I don't even know what to tell this guy, you know? And like, and that was my whole thing, right? Like I lived off of that energy my whole entire life. How do you tell someone who's been working his whole entire life? And then somebody who started from nothing. And I was completely broke at one point in my life and still survived being broke and then being able to come up. How do you tell somebody that? How do you tell someone like a person who has come up and has zero and started from the very bottom and built his business legitimately, not stealing any clients, not, not cross promoting against uh, under, under my, um, you know, my boss that I used to work for. I did everything all in the right way. How do you tell a person that they're wrong? Or how do you tell a person of that, of that nature? Like, how do you tell them like, no, that's not how you're supposed to think Mm -hmm. like, and here I am at, at therapy and like, 
this lady's like, well, you know, this is how you should think about some things. And just like, nah, man, like that's not how it works for me. Yeah. You know? Because this version of you brought you this far. Yeah. This version of me brought yeah. me this far. Yeah. Like, how do you tell that person that, you yeah. know? And like, you know, not, not to, not to uplift anything I've done, but I have gotten this far. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there was a lot wrong with me, mm-hmm. you know? There was a lot wrong with me in ways where like I didn't understand anybody. I didn't I didn't even give anybody a chance. And then that energy took into my home. Mm-hmm. It t- that energy took into um, not respecting my father mm-hmm. at, at certain points in my life. Not even your father, even the person not, you consider so dear it. and you idolize. Yeah. You even yeah. you know, you know, I would only I would only I would only appreciate my father when he wasn't around me. Mm-hmm. But if he was around me, you know, I would be like, yo, man, chill, bro. Like yeah. Yeah. you know, or I would I would kind of like sidestep him a little bit and then yeah, it came to a realization where I was like, yo, there's really something wrong with me. I really think that I'm right all the time. Mm, that you couldn't even trust your own parents, the pers- the people that you trusted the most growing up? I just never let anyone talk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there was, it was, it was an issue. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, you know, um, it was many of the reasons why a lot of people who did work for me left me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then later in time, I just, you know, I think once we cracked the barrier of what was really going on in my head, um, I finally started to kind of see those elements. I'm curious, what was that aha moment for you? Like similar to like your grandfather, like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm Man. not climbing these trees no more. Like what was that? There's usually one moment that's the tipping point. Uh, I think, I think it was one time in my, one of my therapy sessions where, um, my, my, uh, my therapist kind of sunned me. You know what I mean? Explain to uh, the older generation. Oh, oh. I, I'm like right in the or middle. The so younger I, generation or the well, actually, older? Kind of both. I mean, I know what sunning is, but uh, for the general so population. sunning is like kind of putting someone in someone's place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ebonics 101, yeah, man. You get sun- uh, uh, for anyone listening, oh, you can always utilize uh, Urban Dictionary. I use it frequently. Yeah. yeah. I still use yeah, it. Yeah. Well, the Urban Dictionary is a lot different today, too, because <laughs> when some of the kids say some certain things, I'm like, I'm very lost. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like, I'm still, I'm, you know, sun is like, you know, even then, like, I don't even think I really use sun anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know, but sunning is a very appropriate term in this case. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she definitely put me in my place. I had opened my eyes and little pieces of my armor started to come off. Like, what did she say to you? I don't know, man. I, I, I couldn't remember it clearly, but I know it was a lot and it was very overwhelming. Uh-huh. And it was to the point where I was just like, damn, dude, like, maybe there is something maybe there is some things I got to change. Hit him with a scratch. Yeah, like, like maybe there's something. Or uh, like the Will Smith. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> so, you know, she said a few things. She was like, you know, I think this is the way you do things. I think this is, you know, the way you're constantly thinking. And if you're never going to change the way you're going to think, you're just ultimately never going to change. Mm. And I was like, no. You know, like, well, what, where do I go? She goes, I don't know. That's up to you. Wow. And so she gave me a choice. Like your mom. Yeah. She gave me a choice, you know? And I think once that choice was kind of like set out, she goes, we, you know, it's, it was kind of like, we can meet every week, but we ain't going to go nowhere. You just, be, you'll just be yeah. giving me, you'll yeah. just be giving me money every, every month. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. and ideally like, right. Like, so it, it is the weirdest thing. Like just like a gym, right. You, you get a membership to a gym. You'll probably go. Yeah. It was kind of the same thought process too. Like, yeah. like part of my like mind in my brain was like, well, if I don't change, yeah. I'm gonna keep just paying this lady. So, that's right. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So like that side of me started coming out too, but then ultimately like all of it started to kind of reveal itself. Yeah. You probably also saw the similarities and I, I mean, I think I've been in therapy as well and I've, and since the start of it, uh, I, I saw how 
it's very similar to training. You know, yeah. I mean, my training is mostly back. Uh, the background's more like CrossFit and marathon training and things like that. But I saw how you do the work and then you see a change. You're like, oh shoot, I should have been done this change and done this work earlier. You know, therapy very similar. You know, you come in a certain way. You're shapeless, just like you would be at a gym if you never worked out. And yeah. then you start doing the work, and then all of a sudden your mind is better, your thoughts are better, your feelings are. You know, like you're more organized. You don't get set off by the littlest things especially if you have like traumas, right? It's so easy for something to get set off. Sure. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, that, uh, you know, for you, trust was a big issue too. So like in your business, right? Like you said that you, you were mentioning before how like you would give trust and then sometimes you would have to dial it back, right? Yeah, so I mean, were you dealing with things as well in, in that arena? Yeah, I mean, it was just a whole bunch of things, right? It's just like the circulation of my life, man. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know what to think or, or even even just the way my mind was programmed. You know what I'm saying? Like the way I kind of trained my head and, and the way I thought about things, like it just ultimately carried out that way. And, you know, it carried out like that for a very long time. But I knew that you couldn't be like that forever because if you were, you, like no one's going to want to be around you. Yeah. You know, that kind of spirit is just like, is negative more than it is positive. I mean, yeah, sure, there's probably self-benefits towards it because, like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, shit, I got, I got he's crazy. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they back up. They don't yeah, want yeah, to like, mess with oh, you. Yeah, fuck yeah. that, man. Like, you get a little you know, bit of that clout, you know? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but ultimately, that's not what I wanted. You know, like, I didn't want to be the story, like, even with my children, because I am on the front line, right? Like, I own a business. Yeah. You know, like, my kids get older, they go to high school, they be like, yo, don't mess with that dude, bro. Like, that, that, you know, it might take effect on my family. Yeah, yeah. It oh, might take a while. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, like, don't upset him. Yeah, yeah you know. Don't I'm upset like, daddy. You know, that's the worst. Don't upset daddy. I mean, my parents, my kids have seen me angry, and they're like, oh, daddy, you're getting angry again. Yeah. Nah, that's the worst feeling as a dad, isn't it? Like. Yeah, no, trust me, my, my kids, I don't think, have really seen me mad. No, you were very lucky. Yeah, my, oh. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, I, and, and again, your kid's a lot older. Maybe I haven't gotten there yet, but like, even right now, like. I don't, I don't try to yell at my kids too much, mm. um, but we go through some serious talks. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll sit them down, like me and you talking right now, like, I'll sit them down just like this. How old are your daughters again? Two and three. Two and three. Yeah, so, again, I'm very new to it, mm. so I don't really know, you know, like, even, even like, you know, it's funny because, you know, like, how are your kids? I'm like, oh, they're getting big. They're like, bro, they're two and three. I'm like, <laughs> right. I mean, they're getting big, man. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, give yeah, me yeah. a chance. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But, um... You know, these are the guys who have like 10 year olds yeah, yeah. and like, and I get it, you know, like I don't know yet. So like, but even with me, like I want them to, I want them to take in information way different than how I took in information. But yeah. I also want to know that if I talk to them at that level, like I'm serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't bring me to the part where I have to start yelling or whatever the cases may be. If I talk to you, I sit you down and you're in an actual chair. Yeah. Like, you know, we mean business. Like yeah. I want to talk, I want to talk to you. You know what I mean? Um, but I, that, that's exactly what I, that's the only reason why I want to talk to them like that too, because I need to hear them out as well. Yeah. You know, because they'll be able to express and voice themselves in a light where they're not afraid of their parents. Did you feel like you were when you were a kid? Hell yeah. So you, you're kind of refining your parents. Sure. Parenthood, sure. Right? Yeah. My dad, like, if I knew I made a mistake, it was like, damn, dude. Yeah. You know, I don't know what's going to happen, dude. Like, you know, like I, this guy's going to be upset, yeah. you know? And I, you know, again, it was, it, that fear is also great. Like I, I, I do feel like that your children should have some sort of fear. Instilled. Oh man. Uh, you know what? There's nothing better than like when you're well, like, when my kid does something wrong, Samara, she's the oldest one, my twin, emotionally, my twin, a hundred percent. But if I'm really mad and I go, Samara, she does the shoulder thing. And, yeah. and my dad, I remember once watching my uh, fifth birthday party. 
uh, it was a video, a VHS. Does everyone know what a VHS is back now? You know, it's like it's video, a videotape. It's a videotape that people used to use, <laughs> yeah? Not, nothing digital. It's a videotape. So I must have been maybe 16 or 15, and I was just like going through old v- VHS tapes, and I was like, oh, my fifth birthday party, I'm going to watch this. I heard my dad go, Saman, like in his Egyptian accent. I did the shoulder jump. The dude was speaking to me from 1987. I thought he was in my bedroom, in his bedroom. That's crazy. That's how powerful my dad's voice was. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, so when my kid did the shoulder thing, I'm like, oh, I got the power. I got that Egyptian, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah. So when she starts dating, I might have to use it a little bit more frequently. That's it. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, in terms of like your your marriage, you know, also being a married man myself, how many years are you married now? Four years. Four years. Congrats, man. That's huge. Thanks, man. Um, ah, man. Uh, it's so love good. my wife. Yeah. Uh, the, we, love we, my we, wife. Yeah, I love I love my wife more than you love your wife. <laughs> All right. I, my wife is the best. All right. I want you to know she is that. she is everything to me. <laughs> I will sacrifice my life. Yeah, yeah. You know it's crazy, man. Like they play a massive part of, I think half of the reasons why we are the way we are. A hundred percent. They're always going to do a way better job at being a parent. Um, you know, and I think you might maybe you might identify with me on this, but uh, I, I think we have a wild part in us that only these women tame you know what i mean like yeah. so we can we have our boundaries you know sure uh, but we're still able to be our best like they they push us to be our better selves right sure I, I think i think i think my wife knows that you know when i do something i go 1100 yeah. percent, and i have no limitation yeah and not even my wife and she can, supports it yeah not even my wife can tell me like no yeah, right? yeah but yeah. the one thing that she will tell me is that there's a level and a balance of Listen, yeah. before you do something, think about it. Do it the right way, but I'm right here to support you. I like that. Even when I'm at my lowest, like, you know, she's like, I'm right here. Yeah. I, you know, you, I'm, the only, I'm the only shoulder you ever need to cry on. Mm. You don't need to go find anybody else. You know what I mean? So that's always defined inside my home. You know, like every day is never perfect. You'll never have like a perfect day with, with your, um, your significant other. But, um, you know... You know, as far as the four-year run that we've had so far, man, it's just like I would never have it any other way. It's awesome. Yeah. Now, like when you were going through, um, you know, this wave in your life, and you said it was affecting your household, did you also notice it affecting your marriage? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I say that just because I've been through it too, right? So yeah. it's not like ah, uh, you know, um, it was hard. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a partnership. Yeah, I, I really do believe in that two become one. So if something affects you, it affects the system of your marriage. She, your family, she would yeah? see me kind of like just kind of drown out. Yeah, like I would again. I was I was off social media, so my face was never in the phone. Yeah, and she would she just see me drown out and like through a window, mm. and you know she would just be like, "What's wrong?" You know, um, at times I would get upset. And I'm like, "What do you mean what's wrong?" I was like, "I don't got no job." You mm. know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I would respond the wrong ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just so many things going on. Like, you know, the one thing that affected me a lot was like seeing my children run up and down the house. Yeah, and knowing that what if they can't run up and down this house like and like they couldn't that, afford the mortgage yeah you know I mean like going up and down going up and down the hallway yeah and seeing that that smile just run up and down yeah i don't want that taken away from me uh, i hear you i feel the same th- way when the girls like run they do this thing where they run around uh, the living room and the kitchen and that's the, it yeah and it's like they're just running laps as if it's a track and it's like I'm not it, even going to stop them. I, I do not. That's like one thing. Yeah. I think that's one of my biggest motivators in life. Yeah. Like being able to know that my children can run up and down. That's only temporary too. We only have this for a few years. Yeah. But I'm I'm going to I'm gonna work hard to, to maintain that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then later in time, I want them to make sure that they have a home. I think yeah. that was like one of the biggest things. Like, you know, and you know, 
just my whole ecosystem during 2020, during March and June. Yeah. was just like everything kind of, it got polluted a little bit, man. I, you know, I, I guess, you know, considering your backstory about like even hustling pixie sticks from back in the day and then yeah. later on candy bars, later on hair cutting and uh, cutting hair rather. Yeah. Um, you know, it seemed like like um, being able to provide for yourself was like a security, you know, and, and it was like a definitive thing. It made you feel like, uh, it sounds like it made you feel good, you know, to have money. In the, certain. You know, right, certain. Yeah. And I think when 2020 coming around, it sounds like all that certainty was lost for not just you, but for a lot of people. For everybody. Yeah, yeah. Certainty, was, certainty wasn't guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is like kind of, this is like what we were kind of built off of. Yeah. You know, we get an opportunity to create certainty. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, 100%. No, no matter what you are, yeah. a nine to five or an entrepreneur, yeah. you create certainty beyond what you were able to, to get on. Yeah. Whether you worked at a burger spot or whether you worked at the biggest corporation in the world, yeah. those things, or if you worked for yourself, you know, those things created certainty. Yeah. All of it was gone. Yeah. No one had it. Mm-hmm. No one had it. Mm-hmm. No one was able to even say like, Where's my next check coming from? You know, I saw some statistic. I think it was from Dave Ramsey. He's like a financial guru, but he's more, not so much on investing, but more about saving money and living debt-free. And so he talks about, I think the average family in America couldn't afford a $600 emergency. You know, it's kind of scary. You know, you think, you know, when we have a house, we're supposed to have a three and six month mortgage backup savings, but most of us don't have that, you know? So it's like, you know, people out of a paycheck for one one month or two months, it's like a big, big struggle, you know? Like we're in, and we all didn't know when it was going to end, Yeah. you know? Um, but I see that you've come out of this like a phoenix from the ashes. You know, your shops are up and running again. Yeah, so we're seeing we're we're getting back to the normality things. Yeah. Um, if anything, um, and and and, and you know, I'll take the time to really thank all our clients mm. f- just for this moment, real quick, before we get into that subject. For sure. During COVID, people were calling us and. Whether it was five dollars or it was five hundred dollars or whatever amount they gave us, they called to ask if we were okay first wow. before they financially provided for us. No way. And listen, granted, you know it wasn't a game changer, but it was the thought. Yeah, and the that, care, the care, because you've given so much of yourself to your clients. It's not just a transactional business; it's like a relationship. No, and and and. The, that relationship at that moment sparked in my head that goes, these people do not want us to die mm-hmm. out in this COVID um, epidemic, right? And the whole entire thing for me was, there's no way. Same thing, how my kids run up and down that hallway. There was no way that I was going to take that away from our, our, our communities. Mm. It just wasn't happening. Because more than it was a barbershop at that point, it was a hub for everybody to go because they walked out of there feeling good. They walked out of there and they found, they finally found something that they're comfortable with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So more than so that the business, more than so like people, what we don't realize as businessmen is that you're providing something that you make people happy for. Yeah. We concentrate on the numbers. We concentrate on the growth from time to time. But we don't realize that you're giving something to someone that makes them feel better. Mm. You know? And they feel the value. They feel the value. Yeah. You know, so that was huge. Oh. That was huge, man. I don't, I've so missed getting a fresh tight fade before this hair started to go. That was like, I still remember my barber, King David. He was the strong, silent type, always drop wisdom bombs. Every time I got to go to him, super excited. But um, no, but that's awesome. And it sounds like um, similar to what you might see in the barbershop, the movie, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a hub. Yeah, yeah. Like, so people socialize, people connect. 
That's it. Um, and I think you even you made a connection with one of your clients, right? Is um, business wise, right? You've I'm sure you've made some kind of business uh, connections with your clients as well. Yeah. So you know, mm. like like you were saying before, man. Like out of all this, you know, going through all the the motions of what my 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 growth has become mentally, it's allowed me to take part in the person that that actually started it all. Like I got to rewind my, I got to really take my head and rewind that person. Who was I when I was 14? Mm -hmm. Who was I when I was a 12 year old selling pixie sticks? I was just being, I just wanted, I just wanted action. I just wanted something out of life. And that part of life was so simple, but it was gratifying. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to find that in myself and I found it again. And I think I found it today. You know what I mean? And it happened, it happened, you know, you know, I had purchased my first my first car that really means a lot to me, a dream vehicle of mine. And then I, I started attaching cars and coffees to it. Which one was that? <laughs> my 911. My the por- BMW. My Porsche. The Porsche. My Excuse Porsche me. 911. I am yeah. not a car guy, like, in detail. But yeah, the yeah. Porsche 911, that was your first? That was my first, like, real, like, whoa, like, this this, this, this is what I lived for. Yeah. And this is what I dreamed as a, as a kid. And... You know, all the history behind the heritage of, like, my father was like, I bought a 944 because I couldn't afford a 911. And oh, like, your dad had a Porsche, too. My dad had a 944, uh, wow. 1985, wow. 944. Again, he's, he, I am a byproduct of what my father is. Yeah, yeah. You know, so my father was very into cars. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, listening to my dad, like, you know, I would always come up and I would be like, yo, I want to get these cars. I want to get cars, you know. And um, listening to my dad and he was like... Um, he said something in the lines of like, you know, like, oh man, I wish I could do that, you know? And I took that as power in my head. Your go, dad wished he could do it. He wished. Wow. Yeah. And that's one thing in my whole entire life, whether it was career wise or whether it was, you know, even materialistic wise, I never want to say I wish. Uh huh. Never. Oh, so not to fulfill his like wanting a car, but like you just personally identified like, I don't want that feeling for I my don't own want self. That. I see. I didn't ever want to like, and even like there was a part of my life where my dad, I was living in my parents' house at the time where my dad was in his uh, early fifties and he would come home just mad mm-hmm. and he would be just aggravated from work. And, and, and that I was just like, dude, there's no way. Like I could not do that mm-hmm. just to make a check. Yeah. You know, I'd rather like, I'd rather do something that I want to do and not make any money at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like a long story short, you know, I finally got my dream car and, you know, I, I still have it to this day. And, you know, I, I ended up doing a Cars and Coffee. Yeah. And how did that get started? So Cars and Coffee started because... Because um, this happened, the, it was birthed really during COVID, no? This is birthed like, this is birth when they opened the gates yeah. of COVID again. Like you guys can go out, you guys can hang out, but everything will be outdoor. Every, you know, like everything will be, you know, outdoor activities are only allowed and indoor um, dining is no, not allowed. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, let's try it. You know, let's do uh let's do something. Um, cars and coffee, you know, here I am, you know, I call a couple of friends. I have some friends that help me out to call some of their friends and they show up. So they, we did a cars and coffee and, we did it in the back of my parking lot in Metuchen. Um, How many cars at that time? Long story short on that one, I'm like, yo, is people really going to come? You know, because if you look at my first Cars and Coffee um, gathering and my Cars event gathering in 2013, 2014. Oh, so you had done it before. I did it before when I was like in, I was always, I was always a fan of it. Yeah. I was always a fan of wanting to do these things. 
And I did it now. There's probably like maybe like 15 cars, you know, 35 people, trash cars, like, <laughs> you know, like some Toyota Camry. That's so weird. I was literally thinking Toyota Camry. Yeah, like yeah, because that Camry's was. That that, that, and listen, listen. I don't no think I don't think those cars are trash. Excuse me, Mark. Remark me. <laughs> no, I'm but not. That's just going on record. It's just not. It's just not the caliber, the caliber. of the cars that I wanted. Are we on the? Dude, you, we're on the we're, same page, yeah, man. We're like finishing each other's sentences and thoughts. <laughs> this is creepy. We haven't seen each other physically for like seventeen years. Yeah. Wow. So okay. you know, I, you know, finally, I did, I did, I did the one that after I finally got my car, um, you know, and it it was successful, you know, and I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, like this is something that I always been wanting to do anyway, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, cool, let's shoot round two, yeah. And I did it at my boy's place, Hatch Cafe 44. Hansel, shout out to Hansel. Hatch. Is this where Cars and Coffee came about? Like- this was Cars and Brunch. Ah, uh, well, I like that mix. Yeah, so we did a Cars and Brunch uh-huh. in a parking lot that only could suit 25 cars. We probably fit 50. Wow. And maybe even less. Maybe less, maybe like 35, 40 cars uh-huh. per se, right? And it was in a small lot. The DJ was there. It was a custom menu for the day. And it was 35, 40 cars in that lot. Another 30 cars across the street. And cars wrapped around the block. And then like people who weren't car guys and just spectators. Wow. This is mid, this is COVID. Yeah. Like right in the thick of it. In the thick of COVID. I said, listen, there's something here. Mm. You know, I had to take that idea back. And then this is when I met, you know, my my visual team now. And I was like... Who is fire, by the way. Fire. Freaking Shout out fire. to Vendetti. Oh, my God. Get on the camera real quick. Oh, my Step God. Step in front of there. <laughs> there oh you my go. God. Oh, my gosh. I needed um, to do like a music video for my family. Yeah, know, man. Just they to can, encapsulate they can make it a good family moment. Like you know? some real Nas, like Mob Deep. Yeah. There, you know, oh like, my gosh. Put, put one of the kids in like a oh, Hennessy um, in a Hennessy dude, jersey. Dude. Oh. But yeah, no. Um, and they kind of they kind of rebirthed um, the visual of it. They understood me. I barely need to explain anything to to them. So they're a, they're a husband and a wife. That's a that's a camera crew oh. that's been helping me out. 100% and putting this in the light uh, in, 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 in such a great light and, and, and the growth from it, from the videos, from everything that they have been creating has, and I mind you, like the one, Anthony, the guy who's the camera guy who does the video portions of it from time to time, like, and then Ashley's driving the car, they'll like flip open the trunk and this guy's like hanging out and just, <laughs> just, just balancing his foot. You know what I did see? I did see yeah. a video, a visual my, of your car yeah. currently, and I'm like, "Who's doing this video? Did they have one of those things out like they do in the movies?" My man had nothing. Wow. No harness, no nothing. I think that's gonna be one of my gifts for them. I might, a I might help. Yeah. I might help them custom like some some brackets on their car. Yeah, that's that's so that they can keep doing what they yeah, do. Yeah, like so I, it's a self a little bit self serving. Yeah, but, but also I want I want but also keep some safe. I'm gonna invest in that for <laughs> yeah, you guys. We're yeah. gonna go bring that car yeah. to the shop. Uh, listen, I got five on it. Let me know. Yeah. How yeah, you know, um, but like ideally, you know, now this is this has been the group that's been helping me out visually. I think this is the group. I know that this is the group that I'm going to stick with. I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to stick with it with them um, throughout the time and 
now there's a team that's kind of cultivating around it yeah and and all these other elements that are kind of making this more fruitful yeah and so since we did that it was 65 85 cars on the first one then it was like 100 125 cars on the next one like 85 125 yeah. and then the next one was like 100 and some change how many cars were like at the last one in may Yeah, like a hundred and some change, right? Like an aerial shot. We had an aerial shot. It was around yeah. the block. Like, and, and it even attracted the big dog Luck of Ani Raman. And now Luck became one of the sponsors of the event. And and Luck, and, and so in that in the last event, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting out, so it's funny because I'm putting out all these like sponsors and these sponsors are like throwing things at me now. Yeah. And then Luck goes, 10. <laughs> I'll do 10 cards for $100. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Dude, you look, know? look, you know, he's he's someone I want to talk to eventually too, but he's so generous. Like you saw what he was doing during COVID. He's with amazing. The, with with uh, the buy a pizza, give a pizza to somebody else, buy a chicken, buy a, get I, I always I always looked up to that guy from a very long time ago. Do you know he turned Ani Raman into a non for profit business during COVID? Yeah. Just so his employees can keep working. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's unbelievable. Yep. So you got to hook up with him and you know, I know I said this to you yesterday, but it's like you were and, uh, By the way, he let me drive his car when during prom. The Mercedes, Arc, the Arc Seven. He's really, yeah. You know, I've I was been, an eighteen-year-old. He was, let you drive that car. It was like five hundred horsepower and some change. Dude, I've been in that car once, uh, and when he stepped on the gas, trap. I felt like a roller coaster. And yeah, I've a, never felt that in a car before or since. It's a death trap. Yeah, he yeah. sold that car though. He did sell that. I car. think that was a contract from his wife. Like this car's got to go. Yeah. It has to go. <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean. I kind of wish he had did keep it because it, it, like I really did see a part of him in that car. Yeah, totally. It was part of his personality. It's definitely a part of him. Um, and I'm hoping maybe one day that he can buy one again and yeah. just kind of maybe not even to that extent of that power. But I would love for him to like I would love to see him in that car. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. It would be really cool. To well, see. I think that's also a throwback for us, you know, because sure. it kind of reminds us of those days. You know? hundred percent. He was the. Like the I don't know if you're talking about Saved by the Bell because I think we're still in that generation where we can sure. talk about that. He's like the the Zach Morris, of, yeah, no. uh, you know, and, totally. and, and I, ideally I still I I still see him in that light. Yeah, for yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah, no, but I mean you're kind of like uh I mentioned this show yesterday. You're kind of like the Dom Toretto in uh in uh <laughs> <laughs> in the Fast and the Furious in that like you attract all these people to you, uh-huh. you know. And as much as you in the past, you know, you had mentioned the things with anger and all this kind of stuff. You always had this like lovable, playful side. I remember I saw you. uh doing this like uh, funny dance like with Wah in your house in front of your kids and I'm like yo this kid is so damn adorable right yeah, now yeah, yeah. like super thug Leo one minute but then like this is so he's so playful with his kids you know and I think we, we talked about this yesterday about like our girls they kind of soften us up yeah, you know yeah. so for sure yeah. but I mean the cars and the cars and coffee this was cars and coffee right this yeah. one recently yeah um, and that looks like it's blowing up massive yeah and now I'm at this point now where I'm like okay because the elements have gotten better and better every time. And I've been able to kind of step um, higher and higher all the time. It's like, yo, where do I go from here? Yeah. You know? And is that exciting? Fearful? You're worried? No, I'm, you're I'm, I'm, just I'm ready. Like all, I'm all ready. The, the, the craziest part about it is, is like, I really do feel like, like I was telling you that transformation in my head where yeah. I'm actually being able to kind of like talk to myself now, like whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm ready for whatever. Yeah, you know, like it's. It, I do feel like that 22 year old that stepped in at the time with my first amateur bout, like ready 100. Mm. Like knowing that I was going in there, like no, I'm not losing. 
You know, like uh, I know you'd mentioned that there was a point like when you were in therapy where like, no, this is me. This is how I'm always going to be. This is the me that got me here. Yeah. Do you do you now ever since this event, um, you know, this past year, do you always keep a little door open like as in um, what else do I need to improve about myself? Is there anything else? Yeah, 100 percent. That, that's still there. That's the only thing that I that I opened my door. That's to. I think that's a beautiful thing because yeah. with with that, I mean, I, I, I've experienced the same, you know, and uh, you never want to go back to the same person. Yeah. You never want to get stuck. Right. So you leave that a little bit open. Right. I, I that that door is wide open. Yeah. But the great thing about it is this is the way I am, this is who I am. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah. I never changed. Yeah. So you've uh I just modified. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you've taken something from the past and something from the current and kind of melded into the current sure. person you are now, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I and I think ideally I exited all the things that I don't want in my life. Yeah. And I I feel like none of it is really there anymore. Yeah. You know? So then uh where does the trust brand go from here? I don't know, man. You know, to tell you the truth, when I take the whole entire brand and, you know, there's the barbershop is, is there. Um, ideally, a dream of mine would be to take this and really make bigger, bigger shows happen that can ideally, you know, take, you know, all the way across the Northeast. Um, and hopefully we could take it national. Yeah. I think ideally that's my goal, right? Like it's all one step at a time. But I'm not even looking towards that right now. I'm just looking towards like, you know, how else can we improve whatever I currently have right now? Mm. Um, the goal is to get to the point where I can get there. Um, and ideally, like, you know, being able to get to it, it's the platform is great because I'm meeting all kinds of people. Now you, you meet the people behind the cars, which is ideally why I'm doing this. Yeah. Connection. Connection. I'm meeting all these people like who are just as successful. Or have such positive words. And when you hear some of the things they say, you're like, well, this guy is driving like one out of like 200 cars in the world. That's huge. You know, like you didn't just pick a car. You picked this car. I think that says a lot about a human being. Yeah. You know, um, and ideally like where I want to take the brand is just something of that similarity. I want people to pick to choose to to deal with trust. Mm hmm. And if they pick to choose to deal with trust, they know exactly what I do. Yeah. I don't have to over explain myself. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. They it, know what they're going to get from you. That's it. Yeah. And you can deliver on your promises. And that's it. You know, actually, I was thinking about something. Uh, I had si um, a couple of buddies of mine and myself, we signed up for this CrossFit competition that was supposed to happen last summer. And because of COVID, it was canceled. Mm -hmm. Now, the company said, uh, if you stay with us, no refund, you'll get guaranteed entry into next year. And if the prices go up, you won't have to pay the, the increase. However, you can get a full refund now. So we trusted this company because we had done this competition two times before. And then we get an email a month and a half ago, like the competition is no longer happening. It's now virtual, uh, no more refunds. And I was, I, I, dude, like trust wise, I'm like, man, I really trusted this company. Uh, and now I'm just like, wow. And there's no recourse, right? You know, and there wasn't enough, um, there wasn't enough uh, apology. There wasn't enough recompense, you know, on their end yeah, as, as a company, good. you know? It's no good. And so it sounds like you want to be the antithesis of that. You really want to put your heart in it. But I think, you know, in, in regards to, you know, giving you, and I mentioned, you had mentioned before about giving up too much trust. Sure. You know, to certain people. So now how do you, how do you dial that back? Are, is, are you, I mean, how do you modulate, you know, your, on, uh, your future relationships with people like our, are you mindful of how much you can trust someone and what are yeah, triggers I mean, I to, think to trust or not trust? You know, how do you go about your 
man, forming just, relationships. It, I think it's natural, you know. Like I think I think that spectrum of my life is now starting to ha- just happen. I know exactly what things look like. Yeah, I know I can hear what things sound like. Um, man, you can just, you know, I hate I hate to sound like, you know, like bring this part of out of me. You just you know, snake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just, just gotta cut the grass. That's you know? it. Yeah, and that's that, you know at the end of the day, that's exactly how my motive is. It's like my grass is always cut. Yeah, you know what I mean? I like, like that. And 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 that's just me being me. Yeah. You know, like, you see what I'm saying? Like that's I, the reality, like, though. Yo, but that and and, yeah. and ideally, and when you say that's the reality of it, it ain't just me. Yeah. No, it's not. It's that's, absolutely not. That's just that's how it is yeah. I mean it's it's unfortunate you know the human nature it's like kind of most people it's everything for themselves you know and, and not concerned about what they do for others until uh, as much as long as they get their own yeah. you know as long as they're covered yeah. you know but uh, you put it on the line you know yeah. all the time re- all the time regardless and if a snake comes up and you get bit you deal with it and you move on yeah. do you you just take the poison out man that's yeah. it yeah how do you, you know, I, I think one thing with poison I mean it's like resentment uh, and this is something I'm definitely going to talk about with someone uh, who's, who talks about this a lot when they're doing therapy work. Um, uh, how do you deal with resentment with people nowadays? Um, I leave it at peace. Yeah. You know, I just, um, I leave it all behind. I'm okay with being around that person in the same room. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's past me. Yeah. You know, I, there's like, back in the day, like, you know, I would, I would be upset or whatever. And, of course, your natural instinct as a human being—that's just you being an animal. Like you're, we're all animals, and I think that just that animal instinct starts to come out. Yeah, um, that protective side of you starts to come out. But I feel like you become a powerful human being when you get to kind of walk away from it and be normal. Yeah, that says a lot about you, and I think that become you become more feared when you're able to look and and and, and head high. Yeah, and I'm not saying like head high is an arrogance. But head high because your confidence inside of that in that room, you're you're, yeah. you're you're at peace with yourself. I would imagine too. It also places that person in a different light, and you know what their level of trust you can give them is, right? I'm sure you're modulating. If you get burned by someone, you yeah. know, you know how much you can find to that person, right? Yeah. No, I mean, look, listen. It's it's. I'm not going to be that guy who just you know shoulder shrugs somebody off. Or if I see you in the same room and we've had past histories or whatever the case is, is that. I will say hello to you, but if you treat me in the same light, I still say my hello. Yeah, it shows how much of a gentleman that I am. Yeah, and that's exactly what my my father told me. He's like, real true gentlemen do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what men do. You want to be a man, you can you you could stand around yourself. You can stand in a room, shoulder even on on your neck. You don't stand there like this. You mm-hmm. stand you stand abroad. Mm-hmm. You know, my boy always makes fun of because like even when I was at the cars and coffee. He was like walking around, right? And then he would like, he would see me walk. He was like, he was like, park <laughs> like, over there, man. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, yo, come on, bro. You know what I mean? And that's my boy Pesci. Yeah, um, yeah. My boy, uh, Jeremy, by the way. Um, and he's one of my closest friends. And he just, he like, he'll walk. He'll be like, come on, Lil. Let's, let's go move these cars, right? Like, and I'm just like, this guy. But, you know, but, but he always makes fun of me for it because he loves to see that kind of stuff out yeah. of me. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you just walk different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess like for me, it was just like, that's just who I am. Yeah. It's not no one I created. Yeah. This is what my parents it's gave. natural This to is you. natural You were programmed, me. you know, and, the, and you got really good programming, man. I, I think, um, you know, I haven't talked to Tito with Tita, you know, but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but please I let them know how grateful I am to, that yeah. they raised such a, 
you know, it'd be cool if we get conversation with them. Oh man, for sure. Um, so I, I know you also want to talk a little bit about Bad Year and plug your boy. You yeah, know? man, Bad Year is absolutely incredible. This kid is on fire right now. John Eric Ramos, who is from my hometown in Piscataway, New Jersey, had experienced a lot of the same thing that we've been talking about in 2020. And what he did was is that he's into the street culture and streetwear, um, and and he just he's just connected in like in that world. He loves that world, and he was like, yo, you know what? Instead of me expending my energy on the negative light of things, let me just create something. And this is what it was. Um, he literally took the good year logo and flipped it and put in the bad year, but bad year meaning it'll be your better year. Mm. And it's progression in time, you know? And I think ideally within all what we've been talking about, like that truth, like it, it correlated so well to what I was currently doing at the time with all the cars and coffees and then him kicking this brand off and us kind of collaborating together and him being there at the cars and coffee was just such a beautiful element together. And then him being able to take his brand and then, you know, make life from it yeah. was, was a very, was a big deal to me, man. Yeah. Like to being able, like I've, we've been, I've been cutting Ramos since he was a kid, like, you know, like 11, 12 years old, maybe. And he was always in the basketball leagues and I always saw him around his friends. And then, you know, he was one of the coolest kids I've ever seen in my life, man. Like he always dressed well. He always had a lot of style behind him. And then all of a sudden you're seeing like, and, and like, even as a teenager, like, uh, he had like him and his boys had this company called works life. And I just knew that this was always instilled in them. And all those younger kids that I see nowadays, like one is working for Nike, my boy PJ, shout out to you, my boy Tigatron. Like all these guys are designers. You know, my boy um, Justin, aka DJ Helly Hands. Like all these guys are just massively talented. Mm. And now they've like turned into their younger man. And now they're all creating their paths and their lanes. And then to see what this kid has kind of done and. You know, these, like I the, love the logo. I mean, the effort, I didn't even connect that it was right. like the Goodyear but with bad. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I look at the hat, right? Like even him, he was like, "Yo, bro, this is all silk." You know, like he's, "Yo, this is all silk, bro." You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, <laughs> this is all custom measurements. You know, yeah, like yeah. hyped. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like super. Like, and I was telling him, I'm like, "Dog, like you, you're gonna kill it." You know, and I think just us being able to now kind of even like I'm doing the cars and coffee and. then now he has a house to also sell his stuff because mm. the car guys are all over it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like on fire right yeah, now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's awesome. He's really connecting the brand with the culture of car. And it yeah. was, it, so it, like, it wasn't even by choice. Organic. Right? It's, it, for him, it yeah. was just like, yo, I just want to create a hat because I had a bad year. Yeah. But I'm promoting time and progression. I love that. You know, he, so he like, flipped it, really he flipped it. He was yeah. like, I got to get out of my own head yeah. and I got to learn this stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So even with him, man, time and progression, you know, it's take, it's actually taking its course. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I really do hope that other people listening to this, if they're happen to be stuck in that bad year, you know, in a negative way, you know, that idea of 2020, like ruining their life. I hope that they can have that kind of switch. Yeah. Like your, like your boy had, or like your grandfather had, yeah. like, oh, I'm not doing these freaking coconuts anymore. Or like yeah. you had, like. You know, uh, the way I've been is not going to be able to take me to the future that I want to go to. And right now, like, it looks like, no pun intended, but the lane's wide open for you, you know? You know, it's crazy because even before I came here today, you know, we're already looking at the other venue. We're looking at the next venue. Yeah. And, and the, the business partner I just so happened to, um, to be able to do this stuff with is an absolute monster. Shout mm. out to Premier Vibes. I don't know if you guys know who those guys are, but any event that you see that's in New Jersey, um, that is 
pretty big or like a festival or a concert or like the I think it was like one of the biggest pizza parties in New Jersey like that is all my that's all my my boy um and he sets up like all this stuff and that guy is just absolutely incredible like you want to talk about a workhorse I thought I worked hard mm-hmm. and like this guy does not stop um you know and and, and ultimately I just want to be able to take Everybody inside the shop has a talent, you know, like even my business partner, the dude is like, they'll text me like one in the morning, like, yo, can you get these files? And then and weird enough, like I'll be sleeping and I'll <laughs> like wake up and I'll answer his text. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how attentive I am. That's how much respect I have for, you know, my business partner, Drew. I have, that's how much respect I have for I, for my business partner in, in this venture. Um, like I will never miss a call. Mm-hmm. I would not be I, like, I'm not unresponsive for more than like five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my wife thinks I'm a psycho because I'm always on my phone. But, you know, I think that's what separates the, the, you know, the differences between what people want to do with their lives versus the people who are, you know, working to do what they want. Yeah. You know, um, but again, like doing all that stuff and being able to be at that level, like it didn't take me overnight. This is like, this is a, you know, are you talking about pixie sticks all the way to this today? Yeah. Like all that has something to correlate to how where we are now, mm. you know. Um, it's it's it's, it's it, it takes a certain human being. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. I like I I don't know how else to explain it, but it may not be that person. It may not be, but this is the person I am. Yeah, yeah. And I respect him. I respect your work <clears throat> ethic. And I think one thing to take away too is that I mean, you don't have to necessarily be at someone else's level, someone else's level of success, right? Sure. So it just I think the the important thing is to max out your own ability for success you know whatever if it's in your family as a father or as a husband or whether it's your business your workplace you know if you're not a five person maxing out right because otherwise what are you living for I mean, yeah. what are you doing you yeah know? i mean I, i'm not a business person but the day uh, my day-to-day every single patient it's like that that's either my mother my father my best friend or there myself on the other side you know yeah. so that's the way i treat everything yeah you know so that's sim- a beautiful thing by the yeah, way thanks man I yeah that is really a beautiful thing you I know like one thing that my wife i was talking about was um you know from time to time i don't take i don't take that respect out of like what um you know the medical field and the medical world actually do for for um human life um and from time to time i kind of misunderstand it you know so you know i want to take the time real quick just to say thank you to all the nurses during the time of covid and icu nurses especially um frontliners and, and you know you guys are in the war zone um you know and other nurses who uh just been helping life yeah. You know, just, you know, I just want to take the time to just be able to tell them that I understand, mm. you know, maybe I don't understand more so in the light that I'm supposed to, but I do understand, and, you know, I am thankful for it, for, for everybody who's, who's been working oh, yeah. in the lines of that fire. Yeah, we all, that's a, that, that's definitely a feat, like superhero status, you know? Yeah. Um, we all have our part to play, right? So sure. as, as we got to play our part the best way possible. And I, and I think you're a perfect example of that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see what's to come. Um, before we do end this, I got to tell you, I need one of those hats. So, uh, I got to hit my boy. I know is, there's is like, he selling them online or what? Like, I, I know that he sold out online. Oh my God. And I know, all. I know that he kind of sold out. Um, I think he might've sold out during the uh, show. And like, these are all one rippers. Like these are all like, yeah, this is it. Oh my God. Like my boy was wearing the blue one today and I was like, dude. You uh, know, I want to be cool, so I'm gonna get the one that you got. You know, I, w- I want the black one. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I want the same exact one. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get you one though. Yeah, man. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try to source one good. for you, man. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you spending the time with me. I know you're a busy dude. 
I love that you have Tuesdays as your networking days. Yeah, you know, yeah. for the, that's I respect that. That shows your work ethic and, and like priorities. So yeah, yeah. I appreciate your time. And uh, thanks, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what's happening. Yeah, man. Thank you very much, man, for having me. Man, um, the one thing that I want you guys to do is just keep on the lookout for what's currently happening. Trust is currently building as a brand. Um, the one thing that I want to do is just, like, before we get off, is just say thank you to everybody. Mm. Um, everybody who's given me a chance to give me life since I started. Everybody from me cutting hair, um, you know, and, and doing everything that I've done so far and believing everything that I've done and supporting everything that I've done, you guys have given me life first, you know, so, so for that, I'm, I'm super, super thankful. So for people to be connected to Cars and Coffee, you know, any future events, yeah. where are they going to find out? So you can go on my Instagram, which is Khalil. You're going to have to spell the yeah, whole so thing. So that's K-H-A-L-I-L period M period M-A-L-A-M-U-G. And that's Malamug. So it's M, not N. M as in Mary. M as in Mary. And what I'll also do is I'll, I'm, I'm going to put that in the uh, in the post so that everyone please. can see. So please, if you're hearing this and you're interested in, uh, like I am, in to go in the next event, check the post. I'll have Khalil's uh, Instagram handle there, ready to go. And stay connected. My you guys man. doing big things. Thank you, bro. All right, man. Yes, sir. Up until this point in our lives, we've done the best we could with what we've known. Hopefully today we've come to learn something new so we can be better to give better. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Upstream. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the dot upstream podcast and join us every other Tuesday for fresh content. Until then, just keep swimming, friends.